Welcome to the new Docs in a Pod presented by WellMed. Over the next half hour, Docs in a Pod will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Tamika Perry and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. And now, here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Tamika Perry. Well, hello there and welcome to Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, your co-host along with Dr. Tamika Perry, we are so, so pleased to have you join us. Dr. Perry is an associate medical director at WellMed. She oversees large clinics in the OptumCare North Texas region, their southern sector. She earned her undergraduate degree from Prairie View A&M University, went on to graduate from Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine, where she was a National Health Service Corps Scholar. She completed her family medicine residency at Methodist Charlton Medical Center, where she served as chief resident. Dr. Perry is board certified by the American Osteopathic Board of Family Physicians. She subsequently earned her master's in public health with an emphasis on health management and policy at the University of North Texas Health Science Center. In addition, Dr. Perry is a diplomat of the American Board of Obesity Medicine. And uh, Dr. Perry, hey, it's great to be with you again. Hey, Ron, it's always great to be here. We're going to have to shorten that uh, introduction to, hey, it's Mika, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, people need to know who you are. Well, I, and I appreciate it. I do and, appreciate and it. And we established that uh, you have true bona fides. I do. And, and you know, that's good. That is good. And you make it sound so eloquent. So I'm like, is oh, well, talking, who, who is he talking about? He's talking about me. <laughs> so. Well, speaking of talking about, today we're going to take up uh, something that I know you end up talking to a whole lot of patients about how yes. diabetes can affect you. Absolutely. So we're excited to see what Brittany has to say about diabetes and the effects on the body. And Brittany is Brittany Cabina, a physician's assistant at WellMed at Alice in Alice, Texas, earned her degree from Barry University School of Graduate Medical Services in Miami Shores, Florida. She specializes in internal medicine she was the salutatorian of her PA graduate school, one smart lady, and she grew up in Bay City, Texas, before she fled to Florida. And Brittany, thanks for joining us on Docs in a Pod. Yes, sir. It's good to be here, and hopefully I have some insight for our listeners about diabetes and how it affects our bodies. Well, what is it that dragged you out of Texas to the great state of Florida? Uh, well, I went to Texas A&M University and College Station, um, and then I just had a desire for either medical school or PA school, and I, I got accepted to Barry University PA school program in sunny Florida, Miami Beach, Florida. Uh, so who wouldn't want to go there? Exactly. And, <laughs> and so compared to College Station, there was no choice. No choice at all. I mean, it's always sunny in Florida. I always had a tan year round. It was so awesome. Except for the occasional hurricane. Except for the hurricane. I did get lucky and never had one while I was there. Well, that's not good when you say that. So let me ask you this topic that you wanted to talk about, how diabetes affects your body. First of all, give us the 411. What is diabetes? Uh, 
diabetes is an endocrine disorder. It's, it's a disorder in which your body is unable to metabolize all the sugar that's put in it. You don't make enough insulin in your body to take the sugar out of the bloodstream to give um, your body energy in the blood cells. And so when you are diabetic, you have a hard time getting rid of the sugar and it spills over into the blood and it can damage organs from head to toe. And is it a disease whether, I believe there are two types of diabetes, uh, what used to be called juvenile or type 1 diabetes and type 2 diabetes. If you have it, do you know you have it? Correct. Well, it can, it can be hard to know you have it without going to the doctor and getting blood work done. You can have symptoms of diabetes, like um, you have low blood sugar, you feel shaky, you're sweaty, you have unintentional weight loss, you can feel nervous, um, and you can feel thirsty, you can be urinating a lot. So you develop these symptoms um, from elevated blood sugar, and that will prompt you to go to the doctor to have blood work done, and then you, you get diagnosed with diabetes based on blood work that you have. Um, type two usually is adult onset diabetes and, and type one is usually juvenile uh, diabetes. So, so most of the time you have symptoms um, and that's how you, it leads to the diagnosis of diabetes. And Dr. Perry, is it something that you screen every patient for when you first see them? Yes. So, yes. So actually we screen every, at least every senior once a year um, with their Medicare annual wellness. One of the tests we'll do is a hemoglobin A1C and that gets me a three month average of your blood sugar. And it's important to know, I know Brittany's probably going to talk about this, that even prediabetes can give you symptoms. So if your sugar doesn't quite make the criteria for the diabetes cutoff, even that elevated blood sugar in that prediabetes range can cause things like neuropathy. Now, Britt, she mentioned, and, and Britt, I've always liked the name Brittany, so I just feel like I'm, I'm entitled to call you Britt, you know what I mean? So, um, 100%. So she mentioned, um, you know, being thirsty a lot and peeing a lot. So when you have too much sugar floating around in your blood, your kidneys are pretty smart and they can sense that because the function of the kidneys is to filter the blood of stuff that's not supposed to be there. And then the result of that filtering is that you make urine. So if you're peeing a whole lot, if you're urinating more than you normally do, you really need to see your, your doctor because that could be a sign that the kidneys are trying to get excess sugar out of your blood. And of course, with pee, there's water. So you're peeing out all your water. So what will you feel? Thirsty. Now, hold that thought. I want to remind folks who may have just joined us, you're listening to Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Tamika Perry, and we're talking about diabetes and how it affects your body. Brittany Cabina, a physician's assistant woman at Alice, Texas, is with us. And Brittany, uh, as you were listening to Dr. Perry talk about one of the symptoms of diabetes, uh, she mentioned a test A1C. What does that tell you? So like she mentioned, the A1C is a three-month average of your sugar, and uh, we're looking for a value of 5.6 or less in an adult patient. And if you're 5.6 or less, that, that means your blood sugar is normal. If you're between a 5.7 and a 6.4, then we would consider that pre-diabetes, and that can be reversed if you really work on your diet and you exercise and you make lifestyle changes. And then when we get a value of of an A1C of 6.5 or higher, that is considered a diagnosis of diabetes. And at that point, we would 
uh, recommend lifestyle modifications and possibly medications to help lower your blood sugar. And that A1C is what we monitor with your routine blood work, usually every three to four months, and it can guide our treatment plan and how we dose medications and, or dispense medications and what medications to give. And you mentioned lifestyle changes. What are you talking about? Lifestyle changes would be adding exercise um, to your daily activities of daily living, um, making sure that you're not intaking too many carbohydrates. So these are going to be food items like bread, pastas, tortillas, chips, um, sodas, sweet foods like candy or cakes, um, a lot of processed foods have a lot of carbohydrates. So we want patients to limit their carbohydrates, increase their protein intake, and in ensure they're not getting empty calories from things like soda, uh, sweet teas, lemonade. So lifestyle changes is really working on um, your intake versus giving you a medication to lower your blood sugar. And, and if you make those lifestyle changes, Dr. Perry, can you reduce or eliminate the need for medication to control your diabetes? Quite possibly, yes. Now, we, the other thing we always have to factor in mind is that there is a genetic factor. So what we want to do is to not only um, modify our lifestyles, but realize that that may be a possibility. So our goal is potentially no medicine or a better goal would be as little medicine as possible. And that's through lifestyle modifications. Um, you know, Brittany had mentioned exercise, what the World Health Organization recommends for everybody, particularly for the diabetic hypertensive patient is 150 minutes a week of cardiovascular exercise, running, walking, swimming. As long as you get that heart rate up, you're doing some cardio. And that's for everybody. That's for everybody. So, and so, you know, go ahead. No, go ahead. A lot of patients will say, well, I work a lot, you know, in my job, I work back and forth, walk back and forth in the factory. Now we're talking about exercise outside of that. That's what's called your total daily energy expenditure. That's what your body's already used to. That's part of your routine. So we want you to add to that routine. So you to get up in the morning and walk the dog for 30 minutes at a brisk pace. We want you to get on the treadmill or even do a, a YouTube video that's geared towards seniors who want to um, exercise. So whatever your body can handle, we want you to try to do. And is that every day? So that 30 minute, that 150 minutes a week, it's a, you can pile all of it in one day. If you're just a beast, you're a soldier, if you want to. However, comma, it's recommended that you kind of spread that out like 30 minutes, five days a week. And Brittany, let's talk now about what diabetes can do to your body. And uh, it, it's, it's an awful lot it can do. Yeah, so diabetes affects us from head to toe. So it, it can affect the vasculature or the blood vessels in the brain, and that can lead to a stroke. It can affect your eyesight. It can lead to glaucoma. Um, it can lead to cataracts. It can lead to blindness in adults. And it can cause ulcerations in the mouth or fungal infections in the mouth. It can increase your risk for heart attack. Um, it can cause you to not digest your food properly called diabetic gastroparesis. Um, it can cause skin infections. It can cause non-healing wounds. It can cause erectile dysfunction. It can cause amputation. Uh, everything from head to toe. It affects every part of your body. And so it's very important to help keep your blood sugar under control for uh, 
lowering long-term effects from diabetes. So Dr. Perry, when I listen to that list, it's phenomenal. Why? Why does diabetes affect you so much? Because that excess blood sugar is not supposed to be there. It's supposed to be inside the cells of the body, like Brittany alluded to earlier, to make energy. So when it's floating in the blood, it will settle on the nerve endings, damaging those. It will settle in the lining of your blood vessels, damaging those in your eyes. And so that excess blood sugar is what causes all the problems. And when you eat, your blood goes all over your body. And if you have diabetes, so will the sugar. But sugar tastes so good. It is delicioso. It is is good. However, comma, everything is good. Ain't good for you. Now, are we born with a sweet tooth? So we're attracted to sugar? There are some people who have a propensity for sugar, but, um, you know, and, and some disease states do make you have a propensity for sugar. However, however, there are medications, natural and pharmacologic, that can decrease that. Like, for example, Garcinia cambogia, which is a plant that's indigenous to the southwest region, dry areas. It's supposed to dampen the sweet receptors on your tongue. So you say that again. What is that? It, Garcinia cambogia. So your your red velvet cake is good, but it ain't quite as good as it was before. Interesting. All right, now stick with us. We're going to do a little business. Come right back to both of you. I'm Ron Aaron. You're listening to Docs in a Pod presented by WellMed. We're talking with our co-host, Dr. Tamika Perry, and then our Docs in a Pod hotline in Alice, Texas, talking to Brittany Cabina. She's a physician's assistant there. Thanks for joining us on Docs in a Pod. Ladies, we get it. The thought of getting a mammogram can feel uncomfortable, but it's important to get this annual screening. Mammograms can detect potential problems that self-examinations might miss. WellMed wants to remind you that if you're a woman between the ages of 40 and 65, and it's been more than two years since your last appointment, let WellMed help you schedule your mammogram today by calling 1-855-296-3257 between 7 a.m. and 4 p.m. Central Time, 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern. We're so pleased you were sticking with us right here on Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Tamika Perry. And we're talking on our Docs in a Pod hotline in Alice, Texas, with Brittany Cabina. She is a physician's assistant there. And we're talking about how diabetes affects your body. Let's talk, Brittany, about the need for amputations. The tragedy is uh, in, in San Antonio alone, we lead the nation in the number of leg amputations attributed to diabetes. What is it that happens to people, Brittany? Why do you have to lose a leg? Well, diabetes, like I said earlier, affects the blood vessels. And we have blood vessels throughout the entire body. And so we have blood vessels in our legs and that blood sugar spills over into the blood vessels. And um, diabetics are more prone to peripheral vascular disease. And that leads to atherosclerosis, which is plaque buildup or cholesterol buildup in the legs or any of the arteries for that matter. But we're talking about amputations. So you, you build up cholesterol plaques 
blocks within the leg arteries and that compromises your blood flow in the legs. And when you have compromised blood flow, then you don't have enough oxygen to the toes. And so diabetes can worsen that and that leads to amputations. As well as like Dr. Perry said, neuropathy, that blood damages the nerves in the feet. And so a diabetic can be walking outside without shoes on, step on a thorn, step on a nail, what have you, and they don't feel it. And that nail or that thorn sticks in the foot for a period of time and gets infected and that can lead to uh, osteomyelitis, which is infection in the bone. And when you get infection in the bone, you require IV antibiotics, hospitalization, and ultimately an amputation of the leg. Dr. Perry, what else? So Brittany is a is hundred percent right there. When you um, get a soft tissue infection and that soft tissue infection goes from the soft tissue to the bone and, and you would think the normal person is gonna obviously feel that you have this big gaping hole in your foot or you, even if you have redness, if you have neuropathy, your sensation is impaired. You don't feel it. So once that infection gets into the bone, there's only two treatments, IV antibiotics, 42 days in the hospital, which fails 50% of the time or amputation. Now, it's also important to realize too that um, the kidneys, they try their best to get all the sugar out, but they can't. And we, we have a tendency to overwork them when we have diabetes and the sugar itself damages the kidneys. There's a whole... Um, issue with illegal harvesting of kidneys in certain countries in the Middle East because the rates of diabetes are so high because the diet is mainly carbohydrates. So the important thing to remember here is that diabetes is not only a disease of genetics, but it's a disease of what do we eat? So if your insulin system doesn't work, cut down on your carbohydrates. There's other foods to process for your body. Uh, and uh, Brittany, you mentioned blindness as well. Uh, talk to me about that. So again, we have blood vessels in our eyes. Um, and so when that blood sugar damages those blood vessels in the eye, you can get bleeding to the retina called diabetic retinopathy. And that leads to vision disturbances. And ultimately, that could lead to blindness. And not reversible. Not reversible, no. There are some treatments for it. I, I do have some patients that get injections in the eye from the ophthalmologist, but ultimately that can lead um, to damage. And I believe diabetes is one of the number one causes of blindness. That's correct. And Dr. Perry, are you seeing that in your patients? I do. I see a lot of diabetic retinopathy. And at first, the retinopathy may not be anything you could feel or even notice, you know, in your everyday life. But that's another reason it's important not only to see your PCP, but also to have regular visits to your eye doctor as a diabetic, have regular visits to your foot doctor as a diabetic for these extra precautionary measures. And somebody had mentioned to me that if uh, you live alone, there's no way you can check the bottom of your feet. Uh, but there is, if you put a mirror on the floor, you can hold your foot over a mirror and see if you've got a wound that isn't healing. Are there other areas of the body that a diabetic ought to be concerned about? Um, absolutely. So um, I'm sure Brittany will agree. The diabetic wants to look at their nails because you can, like she alluded to earlier, you can get fungal infections in your nails, those same infections in your skin. And even if we step back to the pre-diabetes, you know, there may be areas that are kind of hyperpigmented or dark, like your cheeks or the back of your neck. Um, you can have little nevi or moles that pop up on you. These are signs that your sugar is getting way too high. 
I agree. I have a lot of patients that get hyperpigmentation in their legs and those that signs of peripheral vascular disease. And ultimately that could lead to amputation in the future. What would you look for when you say hypopigmentation? Hyperpigmentation is darkening of the skin of the legs. That usually happens when the legs swell and then shrink um, from fluid overload. Um, or just you can get dryness in the legs. We call that stasis dermatitis, uh, where you just get flaking skin. The skin gets so dry because uh, diabetes dehydrates the skin, and that could lead to ulcerations, non-healing wounds, peripheral vascular disease. And if you put skin cream on, does that solve the problem? It helps with the dryness, but ultimately controlling the sugar is what needs to happen. And when it comes down to controlling sugar, Dr. Perry, uh, how, how much should we limit ourselves to, or would you like us to eliminate it totally? Well, it really depends on the degree of your diabetes and, and at what point that you are. This is where you have a good partnership with your primary care provider. And one of the lifestyle modifications that um, Brittany talked about earlier was changing your diet. Well, if you want a really good in-depth, there are diabetic educators that most primary care doctors can put you in contact with. Now, in terms of limiting, uh, limiting eliminating your blood sugar, it, you, don't, don't drink your sugar. I can say that for anybody. So if you have sugar issues, Soda is not your friend. Sweet tea, not please, y'all don't fire me for saying this in Texas, but sweet tea is not your friend. <laughs> you know, these are these, these drinks are not your friend at all. And even we have to think about alcoholic beverages too, because they most certainly raise your blood sugar. And alcohol really is just dead. It's sugar, uh, which I heard you say, Brittany, uh, there are certain things you shouldn't be taking. Uh, where if we had our way, alcohol would be one. Right. And, and that's what I refer to as empty calories. You're not getting any nutritional value from those items. And those are easy to eliminate. So if you can eliminate soda and replace it with water, eliminate the sweet part of the tea and just drink regular tea. Definitely alcohol has carbohydrates. So those are easy things that anybody can cut out of their diet, especially diabetics. Now, when it comes to carbohydrates, Brittany, uh, do, do you have a, a level that you'd like people to stick to uh, less than so many grams a day? Um, I think Dr. Perry might be better at that one. I'm not sure the exact okay. number of carbohydrates a day. So that's, that's all right. That's okay. That's that's a little bit of a loaded question because it really depends if you're type one or type two. But this is what I can say for the general population is that unless you have protein issues, it's really important to say, how much protein should I get in? So it, it, and protein, remember, doesn't require any insulin intake. So protein, we don't need that to process. And we want about 100 grams a day of protein, which is about 33 grams is about the size of your chicken breast. And most certainly you can do it with low sugar um, shakes or protein supplements too. When you eat that much protein, it goes to build Building muscle, less fat, and you're not as hungry. Your carb cravings aren't there like before. Somebody had said to me, Dr. Perry, you see products advertised contains 30 grams, 20 grams, 40 grams of protein. Is there only so much protein that you can actually process at one time? For a healthy person, not really. But if you have issues, this is why, once again, it's important to have a, and when I say issues, like if you have kidney issues or other issues where your body may not be able to process protein, this is where you want to speak to your primary care provider and say, hey, can my kidneys handle this protein load? And when it comes to protein, I see ads for supplements. Is that a good way to get your protein? It's not a bad way, but the preferable way 
is just good old-fashioned food. So if you can eat foods that are healthy for you and high in protein, lean fish, tuna, um, you know, really beans are kind of a combination of carbs, protein together, depends on which one. If you can eat those foods, if you can ingest those, just like with multivitamins, everybody's always asking me which vitamins, eat healthy, fresh fruits and vegetables. That's going to be the best way that you're going to get it. I didn't hear you mention a great big thick steak. Okay, so I didn't mention it because I would be a hypocrite because I love great big thick steaks. <laughs> but sometimes, you know, a lot of times, depending on which cut you get, they can be marbled with fat. So um, if you're a steak person, try to stay to a leaner steak. Um, but it does provide a great source of protein for you. Filet versus ribeye. That's right. And unfortunately, I like the ribeye. So. Well, it's the uh, uh, little strips of fat in there that make it taste so good. That's what makes it so, so tasty. And we got about a minute and a half left, Brittany, before we end. What, what advice do you have for people uh, who, who may be at risk for diabetes? So those that are at risk for diabetes, like those that have prediabetes and A1C between 5.7 and 6.4, you can reverse your, your risk of diabetes. And I encourage you to do that because diabetes is such a bad disease. And if you really just buckle down and watch what you're eating and give effort, you can change your A1C and ultimately improve your life for the future. I have patients all the time that if they just cut out Dr. Pepper, their sugar gets better and they do so well. And it is possible to do it. You just have to give the effort to do it. And so I, I encourage all those patients. I heard you say, watch what you eat. That's the diet I'm on. It's the see it yeah. diet. I see yeah. it, I eat it. Yes, the see it diet. I get it. Well, and that's the problem. If you just quit doing that diet, you'll be fine. And before we go, Dr. Perry, fruits and vegetables, let's not forget it. Let's not forget it. Fresh fruits and vegetables, a great source of fiber, a great source of, of, um, of nutrients. Fresh fruits and vegetables are our friends. And get off the couch. Get off the couch. <laughs> Dr. Tamika yes. Perry, thank you. Our special guest today, Brittany Cabina, Physician's Assistant, Wellmet at Malice. Thanks for joining us on Docs in a Pod. Executive producers for Docs in a Pod are Dan Calderon and Leah Madrano. Our producer is Isaac Wilker, and associate producers are Natalie Ibarra and Maurice Hudson. Thank you for listening to Docs in a Pod, presented by Wellmet. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And be sure and tune in next week for another edition of Docs in a Pod with Dr. Tamika Perry and Ron Aaron.